Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Uh, just in case you've heard the title, Pastor, I am not the pastor, but my name is Armin. That's correct. Our pastor is currently in Portland, Oregon, and they should be coming back next week. So in behalf of Pastor Mark and Terry, we'd like to welcome you to Life in the Sun if you're visiting us for the very first time. And uh, Welcome. Uh, is there, by chance, is there any first-time visitor? Do we, do we get any first-time visitor? Oh, over here. Well, welcome. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Anybody else? Oh, okay, so far, uh, I did that. My wife makes sure to, uh, to tell you that I am not the pastor. We like to throw that word around, but uh, I'm not the pastor. So anyway, if you're joining us for the first time or you've been with us for a couple of weeks, you know that we're on a series entitled Forward, and it is a study on the life of Peter. And it's uh, really, it's, uh, uh, it's all the qualities that a believer needs in order for their relationship with, with the Lord and just really just in life to move forward. And that's really the word, uh, that's really what it is. It's about moving forward, moving forward with your, with your relationship with Jesus and moving forward in life in having that relationship. Amen? So let's just go ahead. Before we jump into week seven, today is week seven. We've, uh, we've gone through six. Let's just uh, remind, uh, let me just remind you what we have touched on so far. We touched on three topics regarding uh, building a relationship with Jesus. And it's the first one is spiritual discipline. Having a devotion for the Word of God, having a devotion for the Bible. Second week was having uh, a knowledge of the essential doctrines of what we believe in. And the third one is really having a life change. When we meet with Jesus or when we experience Jesus, not necessarily the event that happens, but when we have an experience with Jesus, life, it changes our lives. Amen. And then the next three, week that we, uh, three weeks that we were talking about was about the gospel. It's about understanding the gospel you got to have an understanding of the gospel as a believer and then you have to have at least a way to preach the gospel and then last week was about uh, fishing for men so you need to uh, have an understanding you need to preach and then you actually do fish for men so today and the next uh uh the re- remaining weeks it's going to be talking about the church and just really how to develop a relationship with one another amen So church community, if you're new to the, if you're new to the Christian faith, perhaps you have an idea of what church is, or you do not have an idea of what church is. Peter was also surprised when the, when the birth of the church came about, because he was really, he was Jewish. And then all of a sudden the pouring of the Holy Spirit uh, happened, and it was just a totally different from he, what he was used to in Judaism, okay? So what is the church? The word church comes from a Greek word called, or go ahead, first slide. It comes from a Greek word, ekklesia, and it means the called out ones to an assembly. So it's talking about people being called out from somewhere or something and then being put into an assembly, okay? That's what the word church means. So this is a First Peter chapter two verse nine, and this is where he, where Peter first uh, used it. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his, whole, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who 
the, the highlighted, who called you out of darkness. So they were called out of darkness and placed in, or, uh, into his marvelous light. So the word ecclesia, the church, is about being called out and then placed into an assembly, into a congregation. For this particular verse, it says, you were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen? So if that's the meaning of church, I'm going to do two things today. I'm going to show you what the church is not about, and I'm going to show you what the church is about. You with me? So let's begin what church is not about. The church is not about the very first thing. Let's get this out of the way. The church is not about a building. Amen? Amen? Though it is mentioned in Peter that we are like blocks being built together as a spiritual house, the church is not a physical building. So if you have ever invited somebody to church and they say, you know what, I I, I don't want to go to church. That place is just too holy. Well, the church is not the building. It's really the people. The verse that we I was just showing earlier, what makes what is called a holy uh, what is called holy is really the people, a holy nation. So if you're inviting somebody and say, you know what, that's that's too much for me. That's a holy place. That's a sacred place. Now you can tell them, you know what, church is not about the building. It's about people being called out. Okay. So now you have a you have a simple answer. So let's, let's, let's just get that out of the way. The church is not about a building. Amen? The second thing that the church is not about, go ahead, is perfection. Since church is not a building and it's about the people, people are not perfect. Are you perfect? No. Somebody said amen. No. <laughs> If church is about perfect people being called out, then I can just step down right now, okay? I am not perfect. The church, the people that are called out are not perfect. We didn't have a perfect praise and worship today, did we? No. We, you probably came in here and then ushers didn't probably greet you the right way that you wanted to. You probably already said, hmm, what kind of ushers do they have here? Now you're listening to me in English, and English is not even my first language. Uh, I, I'm Filipino. I can talk Tagalog, but uh, I'll talk uh, English for today, okay? So it's nothing perfect. And if you're one looking for a perfect church, here's my advice. If you feel like you found a perfect church, don't join it. Why? Because the moment you join it, it's no longer perfect, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Say ouch. (laughs) But that's the reality. The church is about people that's been called out from darkness into a marvelous light. People always have what? Issues. We always have dramas. But though we're not perfect, we are called to be excellent. Amen? Excellent in our time when we get to church. It starts at 11, okay? Excellent when we do our music. Excellent when we, when we, 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 we MC, when we bring the word, when we do life group. Excellent when we do ministry. We're not called to be perfect, but we're, we are encouraged to be excellent in everything you do. The Bible says that in everything you do, whether you eat, you drink, you sleep, do it unto the glory of God. Do it for God. 
So you do it excellently for your God. Amen? So we're not perfect. So if you find a perfect church, I advise you, don't, don't do it. Don't join it. It won't be perfect anymore. Amen? The next thing, what the church is not about. Purification. Hmm, what is that? So going back to, uh, sorry, since I already mentioned about perfect. So if you're inviting somebody to church and they say, you know what? I need to clean up myself first before I go to church. Now you can tell them, you know what? It's okay. The church is not perfect. You'll fit right in. Amen? So next thing, what the church is not about is about purification. And what do I mean by this? Ever invited somebody or ever heard somebody say, you know what? I need to go to church because I've been having bad luck. I need to reverse this. I need to have good luck. Ever heard somebody say that? Or you know what? I've done something wrong. I need to go to church and get myself right. Well, the church is not about purification. What the Bible does say is this. Romans chapter 5, verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. This is the gospel. Nature always dictates action. Pastor Mark has said this multiple times. Nature always dictates your action. Your inner nature will dictate your action. Your inner nature will, di- will manifest your action. A fish swims in water because it is a fish. It is not the other way around. Okay? So in the same way, a man that walks into McDonald's doesn't automatically become a, a, a Big Mac. All right? Or, if, if, or a man walks into a barn... He does not become a cow. So a sinner that walks into a church assembly doesn't necessarily become saintly or holy. Are you getting what I'm saying? But how did we become sinners anyway? So a sinner sins because he is a sinner. A sinner may once in a while do something good, something moral, but at the end of the day, a sinner is still a sinner. Okay, hear me out here, because there's a good news after that. And that's what it says here in Romans chapter 5, verse 19. How did we become a sinner? It says, for us by one man's disobedience. Who is that one man? That was Adam, the first man. In his disobedience, it says, many were made sinners. And that's why no amount of righteous act, out of our own self-righteous act, any moral or good act can really make you righteous. You're still a sinner. Okay? That's the bad news. But the good news is, so also also by one man's obedience, who is this one man? Jesus. One act of obedience from Jesus will make you righteous. Amen? And that is the gospel, church. That has been the gospel. What man cannot do to make himself righteous, God the Father sent his own son so that by his right one obedience, you can be made righteous and you can have a relations, you can have your relation back with God, with the Father. Amen? That is the gospel right there. That's why a sinner would always sin. Regardless of he may do something righteous, he might something, uh, in his own mind, it's righteous, it's good. He's still a sinner. On the other hand, so also, you have to put this uh, in account also. We're always on the one side. 
But at the same time, if, you're a, if you have received Jesus Christ, you are now made righteous, not because of the righteous acts that you did, but because of one act of obedience that Jesus did. So therefore, you are now righteous. So no amount of stupidity, no amount of sin that you might... And if you're a believer, you are not one who's looking for sin. You stumble, yes, I understand. We fail, yes, we fail. We're not perfect, like what I said. But that doesn't mean that we go back and we become sinners all over again. We still are righteous because righteousness was never ours to begin with. Two verses uh, before this, it says, For if by one man's offense, that's Adam again, death reigned through, the one, through, through Adam. That's what it says. Uh, but how much more it says, Those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Righteousness is a gift. It is not something that you can attain. That's why attending church does not bring purification to you. It is not attending church. It is not being part of an assembly of uh, believers that will purify you. It is because of one man's obedience. It was because of God's gift of righteousness that we can become righteous. Amen? And I hope... And that really is the message of the gospel, church, that we cannot do it on our own. It needed God to bring God into the picture so that by his own doing, then we can attain righteousness. Not of our own righteousness, but the righteousness that came from Jesus Christ. And that's why Ephesians 2, chapter 8 and 9 tells us that, For it is by the grace of God, it is by the what? The grace, the doing of God, that we are saved. Not of ourselves. It is a gift from God. Righteousness is a gift. So that it says that so that no one would boast. It is, it is by his great grace. It is by his doing. Through our believing. Through our receiving. Receiving the gift of righteousness that we are saved. Not of ourselves that nobody should boast. That's why attending church. You can attend church 52 days. 52 Sundays in a year. But it does not do anything to purify you. Until... You receive the gift of righteousness that Jesus was freely willing to give you. Amen? So that's now, so those are the three things that I want to say that's what church is not about. It's not a building, it's not about perfect people, and it's not about being sanctified. The act of going to church, the act of the assembly. Amen? Do we get that? So, if that's not what the church is about, what is the church about? Well, the church about the, what the church is about is you and me. It is about people. It's about every nation, our ministry. Not our ministry, per se, okay? Uh, we, we are uh, every nation ministry, but it means the entire, basically every nation, every tribe, every language, every ethnic group, anybody, everybody. It's about people. You know, um, uh, Peter, since we're in the study of Peter, Peter was, uh, was really uh, perplexed when he had a uh, vision from the Lord. And the Lord laid it out uh, right in front of him in a vision. Clean and unclean animal. And, and Jesus told Peter, go kill and eat. And Peter said, surely not, Lord. <laughs> surely not, Lord. You call him Lord, but then you say no. Surely not, Lord, for I have not touched anything unclean. What he meant by that is, 
See, the, the church was never in the Old Testament. I don't know if you realize this. The church is really a New Testament. Church is New Testament. There was really no church in the Old Testament. Peter was so used to being, uh, being the exclusive. There's, see, uh, Israel is really exclusive to the heart of God. They're exclusive to the heart of God. They are the ancient people that God said, this is my people. So when Peter received a vision from the Lord and said, go kill and eat, it's like, no, Lord, the Gentiles are Gentiles, meaning all the other people of the world are unclean. That means us. <laughs> okay, that means us. It was, it, for them, it was, they were so exclusive to God. They were the apple of God's eye. They were just them and the rest of the world they called Gentiles. Us and the world. Basically, for them, it's us against the world. So when, when the church uh, came about, when Jesus, was, uh, when Jesus was made available to the entire world, it's really a showing of the graciousness of God to the entire world. It was a demonstration of how God is so gracious to the entire world. What was first exclusive, and because of that, people, that's why in uh, Romans it says that anyone who calls upon the, upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It was no longer restricted to the Jewish people. It was no longer restricted to Israel. The blessing that God has spoken over the nation, what uh, Nida was uh, reading earlier, Deuteronomy chapter 28, by text, by context, that was really for them and them alone. Because they were a nation that came from Egypt, and, and that's why it says, the language there says that, and I will bless you in the land that I am putting you. They were being put in a land called Israel or Canaan. So by context, that was really just exclusive to them. But when the church came about, we see a demonstration of the graciousness of God that the same blessing that, they spoke, that was spoken over the nation of Israel, the same endowment that was given to Israel, the same inheritance the church can also receive. Amen? And that's, why, that's what the church is about. It's about people from every nation, tribe, and group receiving the gracious gift of the Father who is Jesus Christ. And by doing that, we also can partake of everything that he has promised his exclusive people. Amen? I hope that got in. <laughs> Amen? So that's what one thing that the church is about. It's about people. It's about you and me. Imperfect people being called by God to be transformed as we behold him to be transformed into his image. We're not perfect yet. Okay? I'm not sure if we would ever be. But the good thing is, I was better off last year than I am. Or the other way around. I was better off this year than I was last year. Correct? My wife was going, no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for that. See how imperfect I am? <laughs> so the next thing what the church is about. 1 Peter 2.9. It says, but you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. His own special people. That you may proclaim the praises of him. Who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. People church. The church is about people. Taylor used to. Uh, Taylor our founding pastor. And I believe he's coming on our anniversary. Taylor always used to joke around about ministry. Where he said. You know I love everything about the ministry. But people. 
But ministry is about people. The church is about people. It's a joke, okay? Don't take, uh, don't take offense on that, okay? But the, the, all about ministry is about people. It's about you and me. It's about, it's about your neighbor, okay? So the next thing that the church is about is this, involvement. Involvement. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. It says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. If you go to South Africa today and you find a Christian church, they'll be speaking the same thing as we are. If you go to South America, you find a Christian church, they'll be speaking the same thing as you are. Christ, Jesus. North America, South Africa, Antarctica, if there's anybody, if there is a church there, Greenland, you name it. Every nation, you go to a Christian church, a Bible-believing Christian church, they would speak the same thing as we are. The church is one universal body, okay? Meaning all, all the, uh, we, we take for example, we are a local congregation. But being a local congregation, we are really a member of a bigger congregation of the universal church. Oh, let's just cut it down a little bit. We are, we are a local congregation that belongs to a bigger ministry called Every Nation. As Every Nation, we are one whole piece. Amen? But as a local congregation, we are also whole. And each member, according to this verse, it says that each member or each individual is a member. So if we as one unit is one body, that means you are a member of the body. You are either a feet, a hand, an eye, uh, you name it. What, what part do you want to be? Well, it's not up to you, but uh, just for today, you can name what part you want to be. You want to be an eye? If you have beautiful eyes, that's fine. Okay, then, so this is what Paul was saying. He was, uh, he was uh, giving an analogy that the church, the body of Christ, is like a physical body. It has hands, it has feet, it has two ears, two eyes, one nose, uh, mouth, and all of that. And that's just a physical. And then it's, it's so on and so forth where it even has internal organs. So, involvement, right? So, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So, what does that tell you? If you are part of Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship and you believe that God has placed you here as a member of this local congregation, okay, uh, you, um, let me put this delicately. If you are part of Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship and God has spoken to you and said to you, this is your home church, this is the body that you belong to, then by, by that you are now a member. You are a body part. Amen? And if you are a body part, if one body part is hurting, then that means I am hurting. You are hurting. Everybody is hurting. And that's why every body part has to be involved. Amen? And that's what church is about. It, it, it needs involvement. Uh, one of my first messages in the other church was really about this, the body of Christ. And uh, that's why I'm trying to put this delicately. It came across somebody uh, in, in a different way. But that's what you are, church. You are a member. 
So if you believe this is not the church for you, if you believe that Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship is not where God has called you to be, guess what? There's a body out there that's missing a member. Would you agree? If you believe that you are part of Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship, a local congregation, a local body, then you then is are a member. Amen? And being a member, Paul says it this way, each member has its function. Each member has its function. I told you a story of my brother who uh, had a kidney failure. That is a body part. It's an internal, you don't see it, but when it failed, it affected his entire body. When we hit our toe on the door, when, we're, when we wake up at night and we can't see, it's not just the toe that's screaming, ouch. The, the toe cannot scream, ouch, can it? No, but it's your entire body feeling the pain. So if one body part is hurting, everybody is hurting. So, so also, if we all need our body parts to be working, we all need our body parts to be functioning in order for our entire body to function at its peak. Amen? Let's just put it that way. I wasn't planning to do this, but anyway, let me, let me do this. If you are here and you are a ministry head, can you stand up? Ministry head, worship leader, children's ministry, prayer, prophetic, food for the soul, worship, uh, yes, yes, yes. Ministry head, anybody else? Are we missing anybody else? Church, I want you to look. These are our ministry heads. So, so to speak, uh, regarding this purse, this is probably like your main, main, uh, main organ. But main organ needs ligament, they need muscles, they need blood vessels, and all of that. If you believe that you're part of the sun, life in the sun, I'm really trying to put this very delicately, okay? If you believe you're really part of this body, you're part of life in the sun Christian fellowship, then we need you to be involved, okay? And these are our ministry heads, so if you, and I pray that by the grace of God and by the Spirit of the Holy Spirit, may, he, may, may the Spirit speak to you and allow yourself to be, to be used. Amen. These are our ministry heads. So at the end of the service, as God speaks to you, remember their faces. All right? Okay, you guys can sit down. Thank you very much. So involvement. So verse 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And, and I think I got that across already. Amen? Because we're quiet. Usually when we're quiet, that means we're, we're thinking. I had to learn that. Amen? So involvement, that's what the church is about. The church is about people, imperfect people, being used by God, allowing God to use them, slowly being molded into the image of who, oh, who Christ is. That's what church is about. It's about involvement. It's about realizing that you are not just alone, but you are a part of a bigger picture. You are a part of, a, of, a, of an entire unit. And you are much needed as the person on your left and on your right. Amen? Because if, if, if you don't, then somebody who, who is also imperfect will come along. Uh, let's just put it that way, okay? And then lastly, thirdly, what the, what the church is about is about togetherness. 
pardon my corniness, I couldn't find a better word to put to, uh, that, uh, that has anything to do with togetherness. Uh, usually, they, the, they say that uh, put it all in the same letters, people would understand it together. I just couldn't find it. Uh, it just shows how imperfect I am. Anyway, togetherness. The, la- the uh, third thing about what the church is about is about togetherness. Go ahead and show the slide. The early church demonstrated this the best, the best, the best way could, that it could be demonstrated. The early church was the best in doing this. When the church broke out, 3,000 people were saved together with the already existing less than 500. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and in prayer. Now, all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were together day in, day out. Amen? Next verse. It says, And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord. One accord. That's what? Togetherness. Okay? In the temple and breaking bread from house to house. See, the the church was not the building. They continued from house to house. The church would move from one church. Oh, from one church. The church would move from one church. I guess that's okay to say. Church would move from one house to another house to another house. It says, from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. They had everything in common. They were all together. And that's how they did life. And we have said it um, uh, multiple times. You know, growing in the knowledge of God is great. What makes it even better is when you grow together with somebody. It's easier. It, there's a wisdom when to, uh, there's a wisdom uh, how Solomon says it. Uh, a cord of three strand is not easily broken. There's, there's strength in it. Amen. We do life together. So one more time, I want to do another thing. If you are, if you are a life group leader, can you stand up? Life group leader. Go ahead, stand up. Who else? Life group leader. Life group leader. Life group leader. Those who are standing, these are your life group leader. Our, the life group is our means for, for you to, to be involved. And also, in, it, it's a way for you to also grow together. It's not, yes, we fellowship. Uh, week in and week out, we've been parading them in front of you. Uh, most of the times, so the pictures that you see is about eating. There's wisdom in that. Before Jesus left the 12 disciples, what did they do? What's the last thing they did? They had a last supper. Of course, when you attend the live group, it doesn't mean it's going to be your last supper, okay? <laughs> You'll live. But there's, there's a wisdom in eating. <laughs> in the ancient time, you know, transactions are done in front of tables. Transactions are done really in eating. Abraham uh, prepared uh, food for, the, for his visitors. Uh, uh, makes you think, do they really eat? But these are your life group leaders. So if you are still looking for a life group, church is about doing things together. These are your people that's leading life group that we can do things together. And again, by the mercy of, by, by the Holy Spirit and by the grace of the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would, uh, that he would speak to you and really find, find a life group to be part of. 
because it's more fun when you make a mistake together. <laughs> Nobody's laughing, okay? <laughs> it's more fun when you're doing things together. It's easier when you're going through stuff and you got people surrounding you in prayer. It's easier and it, uh, it saves face when you go evangelize with five people than by yourself, right? It's easier to approach a problem when there's two or three people trying to figure it out. Where's the campus? Who's uh, representing the campus? Campus is here. I know campus is here. Anyway, so these are your life group leaders. Amen? Thank you, guys. You can sit down. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So just a summary. Let's do a summary. The church is about people. It's about you and me. Called out from darkness into his marvelous light. Imperfect people called out to an assembly. And that's why the church is not perfect. And, and I'm glad that it's not perfect. I really am. Because I wouldn't be here if uh, perfection is the criteria to be, uh, to be doing what, you, what we do in church. Amen? And that's why it also requires you to be patient. The people around you is also the one that will allow you to grow into the knowledge and being molded in the image of Jesus. Because each of you, uh, just like how the Bible says, iron sharpens an iron. Each one of you is so stubborn like an iron. That's what the, the verse is saying. Iron sharpens an iron. Each one has a stubbornness on its own that we, won't, we don't want to give in. So we, we spur one another. We sharpen one another until we are molded into the image of who Christ is. Amen? It's about involvement. It's being uh, called out from darkness and placed into assembly, into a group, into a congregation, into, into people that you do not like, into people that, uh, that I, hope, uh, I hope I'm not part of that group. Things, uh, that's what it is. It requires involvement. And then lastly, the church is about togetherness. Doing things together because it is easier there's more life when you do things together. Amen? Amen. Let's close. Father, thank you for today. Yes, Lord. Father, thank you for, for the people that you have called out. I don't know why we're so quiet, but church is supposed to be full of life. <laughs> I, I, may, I may not be the best example for uh, quietness, but anyway. Father, thank you for life. Thank you that you said you have called us out from darkness into your wonderful life. Thank you that uh, our very name, Life in the Sun, Christian Fellowship, we declare that there is life and you find it in the sun. It is in the Son of God that you can find life. Your word tells us that if a man lose, uh, if a man um, uh, um, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but yet loses his soul? Father, thank you that the life that you have given us is one without guilt, is one without shame, one without condemnation, one where all the hopes that we have, we can have, we can have it in you. Amen. 
before we dismiss, I just want to give out an invitation. Uh, uh, I showed you a verse chapter, uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 19. And as I went through it, I told you that it is not your self-righteousness that you can gain righteousness. But it is really because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. His one act of obedience gained for us a righteousness that is perpetual, a righteousness that is eternal. Because it was his own righteousness that we can gain from his one act of obedience. And if you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Christ, you've never made a decision, you've come to church, granted, you've visited us, granted, you've been, uh, you've been invited many times, but yet you've never really made a decision to follow Christ, and you're still trying to gain righteousness out of your own selfish, selfish act or your own self-righteousness, I hope that message got through today. And I just want to give this opportunity as everybody, can, you can just close your eyes and just bow their heads. I just want to give an opportunity. By any chance, you are here today and that describes you. You've been trying on your own. You've been trying out of your own good works. You've been trying out of your own uh, self-righteousness to gain righteousness to be in front of God. And as I said, it is one act of Jesus that you can have a righteousness that is eternal. And all you have to do, as according to the Bible, is that it's by receiving the gift of righteousness that you are saved. And you've never made that decision before. I want to pray for you. And if that's you, if you can just raise up your hand, I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here? I just don't want to miss. I see that hand in the center. Anybody else? You've been trying on your own. Scripture tells it is not out of our own righteousness. It's not out of our own good works, but it is one act of obedience from Jesus. If there's nobody else, I'll go ahead and pray with you. Lord Jesus, I receive what you did for me in the cross. And Lord, I ask that you begin a work in me. You begin a life change in me. I receive you now, and I receive everything that you have for me. All the purpose that you have for me, and the life you have ahead. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.